It's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> Love it. So we are back on the elevator, definitely elevating. I know people are looking forward to the second part to your story, Carmen. And so thank you for coming back. And I was in awe, still in awe of the experience. Again, I we didn't have this connection before anything close to it. So to be in the same space in the same receiving end of your life and just you sharing that is an honor. It's sacred. It's special, not taken for granted. Um, I'm just floored that you are as vulnerable as you are. Yeah. Very vulnerable, but very honest and open. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys talk slightly, and I remembered something that Jen and I often do when we're out in public. We people watch. And Jen likes to tell the story of what those people are going through or doing. And sometimes we'll walk into a restaurant and she'll say, look, that couple is on a first date. It's their first date. Their first date. He's feeling her. Yeah. I do that too, actually. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it's a girl thing. (laughs) But I I join in. I'm like, okay, so they're on their first date. And then what? And she's like, oh, and and that's his first relationship in a long time. So, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. But the reason why I brought that up was because what Carmen has done is she's allowed us to see that, you know, we work with people all the time. We pass people in the the street all the Mm -hmm. time and we have no clue of what their story is or what they're going through or how tough their life or their situation may be. And, you know, sometimes it it takes a special individual to look a little bit deeper just to see what's going on inside of someone. You might not be able to figure it out. You might not be able to solve the problem. But if we do that as human beings, it might help that person because you'll be a little bit nicer. You'll smile a little bit longer. When you say hello, you'll really mean, how are you doing today, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. we wanted to jump back into this story because it's an awesome story and very helpful and beneficial to a lot of different people. And so she was already telling us about how the healing process was about to take place. So we just want to kind of jump back into that. Awesome. Well, thank you. And and for everybody listening, thank you for joining us again. And just to give some context, if this is your first time chiming in, uh, listen to the podcast right before so you can get the context and the history of of my story. Um, But uh, in a high-level overview, I was married for 11 years in a very physical, emotional, and verbal abusive relationship uh, that I stuck it out. I stuck it out. And then I found myself in the same cycle um, of an emotional abusive relationship in in this last relationship that I had. And I was just telling uh, Jen and Corey before we started that, you know, ultimately what I chose to do is to choose me. And uh, it was a very pivotal moment for me to be able to be brave enough to be able to do that. But that Corey uh, and Jen was really the first step for me of healing, Mm -hmm. healing and being able to move forward was that though I loved this individual with all my heart and I still do. So, so again, those who are listening, you can love somebody with everything that you have and still choose you and it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know at the last, uh, 
podcast segment, we you had asked me, Corey, what would I tell myself? And it would be those words, right? It, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So choosing me was really a pivotal moment. Um, and of course, I have my two beautiful children that I, I chose them too. And I, I chose to be the mom that they needed me to be in being able to move forward. So my healing journey, of course, it's it's not just one thing. It's it's a multitude of things that I've I've done for myself, I've done with others. Um, I talked about going to therapy in my in the last segment, um, which I still go to therapy. It's it's super beneficial for me. Um, sometimes I hear, you know, I've had individuals tell me like, but you don't know the person. What do you do? What do you do? And I'm like, I just talk and they just listen. And that's all I need. That's all people need, right? Yeah. Without judgment. Uh, but they also give me the, school, the, the, the tools and the interventions. But um, I also mentioned in the last podcast, part of my healing has been really looking at who I am as an individual. Have you guys heard uh, this or, or seen where, you know, as we get older, your, your friend circle dwindles? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is as I've gotten older and especially in these last two years, my friend circle has really become smaller because I've learned that I need to have strong, genuine, loyal friends. You have acquaintances, right? We all have acquaintances, but I needed the right people at my table. Right. So, what helped me through this healing process is really reevaluating. Once I learned who I am, that I am this authentic, I want to be loyal. I want to be the friend that individuals can count on and be trustworthy. I want to keep my word and I want to be genuine with every interaction. You know, you mentioned Corey just a bit ago of how, you know, when you, you don't know anyone's story, so you should always be kind and, and say hello. I, I wanted to genuinely be that person, not say hello for the sake of saying hello and being fake. Right. Right. So I had to, in this healing process of mine, uh, coupled with my therapy, journaling was, is huge writing for me. Uh, just wait, I'm having a book come out. You know, it just, cause writing has really helped heal me. It shared, I was allowed to share my story without anybody judge. I mean, if you read my story, there's curse words in there. There's things that I probably wouldn't say out loud, but it's my story. So journaling has helped me. So you have a journal and maybe, you know, I, I have friends that are like, so what do you do? Just, just write. I'm like, absolutely. I write on my notepad, on my phone, on my, my laptop. I write uh, on a piece of paper, you know, old school way of just journaling. Nice. But that has helped me. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's a writer and that's okay. So finding your, your, your path of what heals you in that sense of being able to share your story. Cause a lot of individuals who find themselves in this cycle, um, but wanting to go down the journey of self-love and healing sometimes find themselves at a little, at a loss. They're not sure what direction to go in because they've been so consumed with this, this trauma, this, this cycle that they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So once you rediscover who you are, you're able to find like, Hey, I am a writer yeah, or I am a singer and I want, or I am a poem writer. I write poems or maybe it is just speaking. I, I even have voice memos of myself just talking because of the fact that that was how I was sharing my story. Wow. I, I got to jump in here real quick because 
I really want you to address one thing that I subscribe to completely, and that's your table. Mm. And so when when you say my table or when she says her table, mm. you know, we have the ability to invite and ask someone to leave that table. And so can you just share a little bit about that? Yes. I had, as I was self-reflecting and really going through my own process of, again, rediscovering myself, Mm -hmm. I looked at my current table and I found, and this is part of the trauma, I found that the certain individuals that I was missing from my table were not there because I allowed them, I allowed that space. Mm -hmm. That's number one. So there's been a lot of conversations that I've had to have with friends of 25 years, 30 years and saying, Hey, I'm here. And they said, welcome back. Wow. Incredible. And that a lot of partner, a lot of individuals who find themselves uh, in relationships, negative relationships or bad relationships or whatever you want to term the word, you lose friends, you lose those genuine friends. So, if you know that you have individuals that have been in your life for years and have been your ride and dies, but somehow you find them to be really silent and you find yourself in this path where it's okay to go back to them and say, I'm sorry. Those words of being able to apologize and take accountability. So again, self-reflection, accountability on my part was an absolute. I had to take accountable for allowing those friendships to dismantle Mm -hmm. and have them not at my table. So when I think of my table, again, I looked at the friends that were not there that I absolutely needed back in my life. But then I also have the individuals that have been sitting at the table and never, they were just, they were there. And those individuals, and if you're listening, I know you know who you know who you are. Mm -hmm. They've been my ride and die. They've been my saving grace and they are the most positive genuine, I have your back, loyal individuals that will tell you the truth and be direct and not take things personal mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. And you need people like that in your life. As an uh, as a woman, you know, and as a man, you need those strong individuals in your life that are going to call you out. They're going to call you out and like, what are you doing? And make you take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. But, but they're also there to hear you vent I uh, hear you cry and provide n- no judgment. So those are the individuals at my table. And then of course I have my my beautiful sisters who have been my my rocks. I'm trying not to cry here at this moment, but my sisters have had my back no matter the choices that I made in my life with my relationships. So they're at my table. Because again, no judgment. And of course, my, my strength, again, my, my children are at my table. So when I look at my table, it is small, but it's mighty. Mm. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Because my table used to be like the, the eight-foot table that had all these, <laughs> these players at it. But they wouldn't bring any food to the table. Right. <laughs> if I had a, your food. Yeah, they were just eating my food. But again, what the biggest part outside of my table too, when I, I'm going to go back to the accountability piece is I found myself to be draining. 
I found myself with the people that I was sitting at the table with, either they were takers and they would take, 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 and I would give, give, give. And, and those takers are the, the ones that I would encourage, take a step back, think about, you know, relationship goes a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's no 50, 50 for me in my perspective. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So if you have individuals at your tables that are constantly taking and taking and taking and not bringing to the table, not bringing to the <clears throat> feast yeah. that you're trying to provide everybody. Uh, and I hope that, that the people listening can understand because sometimes we as individuals can be the taker and we don't know where, how much we're taking and yes. how much we're draining. But that statement right there will help jar the memory of, wait a minute, maybe I'm being, the, maybe it's me that's the taker. Yes. I haven't provided anything for this table in a long time. So hopefully that can. And I love that you said that, Corey, because um, I, as I mentioned, I felt like I was the one draining the individuals that were at my table because I was constantly in this turmoil Right. with my relationships and my emotions and how can he do this or why didn't he do this? And I found myself sitting at the table negative, just this negativity coming out of me. Mm. And then I realized that is why those friendships of the 25 plus years, the 30 plus years, and I said, who are you? We can't sit at your table right now. And I couldn't fault them for that. Right. Because again, it goes back to part of my healing process is taking the steps, you know, yes, therapy is amazing. It worked for me. I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but it worked for me. Journaling works for me. But also the accountability piece. And that is one of the hardest things for any individual is that self-awareness. What am I doing? What triggers me? What do I like? What I, what I don't like? And then, hey, that was my fault. I'm going to take full responsibility, <clears throat> even with my relationships. I had to get to the point, part of my healing is getting to the point where it's like, you know what? It wasn't just him, him, and him with the the things that occurred in our relationship. I had to take accountability for my actions as well. So that was part of my healing process is taking the accountability and then forgiving myself. It's, it's odd, but I found myself just recently, uh, maybe two years ago, now, mind you, I've been divorced for six years. Uh, just two years ago, I, uh, I was sitting in my car and I was calling. Uh, I called my ex-husband to talk about uh, an event with the kids. And as we were speaking, I took a deep breath and I said, hey, I forgive you. And he chuckled. And I said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. Hmm. Just know that I forgive you. <coughs> And I found myself, that was easier to do than looking in the mirror, as we talked about in the last segment, mm -hmm. and being able to say that I forgive myself. And that's what I want to touch on briefly. How do you forgive yourself? Through tears. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there has been many tears with that. I have to forgive myself by... <clears throat> It's really been a process, Corey, if, if I'm being super transparent. Mm -hmm. The forgiving part is I forgive myself for the marriage failing. I forgive myself for thinking I wasn't enough for my husband to go cheat with X amount of women. Mm -hmm. 
I had to forgive myself for allowing it to happen again as I found myself in another relationship as such. Forgiving myself has taken time and it is still a daily process for me. Yeah. I'm glad I asked that because a lot of people just don't know how to forgive themselves. And I found myself in that situation a few times where I knew I had beat myself up as bad as I possibly could without the forgiveness. And I realized the beating did not forgive me. So how do I truly forgive myself? And sometimes you got to give yourself a pass. You got to do what you said. Tell yourself it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. This is not the end. Death was not the final destination in this. And so for those of you listening, just know there is a way out and you can forgive yourself. Just relax, take a deep breath, as Carmen said, and begin to allow yourself that peace and those tears to come and it will be healing and forgiving. Yeah. And I absolutely. And I learned, you know, as a, as a mom, you know, with the two kids being in that environment, I, I, I had this misconception of needing to be, and that's why the word strong for me, the strong, I had to be strong for the kids. I had to not cry in front of them because I wanted to shield them from seeing mom hiding in the closet, which was my safe haven at home, hiding in the closet behind the clothes so he wouldn't find me or having a moment in the closet of my, of my own tears. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I carried that with me thinking I have to be strong. I have to be strong. I can't show weakness because I took strong as being weak. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself, you guys just did a a segment uh, a couple days ago about saying, I'm sorry, constantly using the I'm sorry. That was me. That was me being the people pleaser, constantly apologizing, but that's part of trauma. So if you Mm -hmm. find yourself, you know, constantly saying, I'm sorry, I, those words are so impactful. If you, I've learned, I had to learn. If I constantly say it, it takes away from the, for it being genuine and being impactful. Yeah. But I found myself being the people pleaser and the person constantly saying, I'm sorry, where I had to then turn that part of my healing process is, and part of forgiving myself is being able to say to myself, Carmen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm, that you didn't apologize see to yourself. Your mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was a pivotal moment for me when I was able to say it again, I thought it, but I was never able to say it because I didn't allow myself to apologize to myself because I wasn't ready to forgive myself or putting myself in the situation or, or for putting myself in, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but that was definitely part of the healing process was forgiving apologizing me to I even have this um I have a tattoo right on right on my collarbone and it says if she fails at least she fails while daring greatly and it's from Theodore Roosevelt man in the arena one of my favorite speeches of all times of course I changed the man to the woman (laughs) or the the heat of the she but but I had to say, you know what? I gave it 110%. And that also helped me, Corey. I gave it. If you can truly tell yourself, I gave it 110% and you still failed. I had to learn. And Jen, you've talked about this before many, many times. Failing is okay. I had to learn that. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that failing is what gets me. If you stumble, right? If you stumble, that's how you learn your lesson so that the next go around, you're better. 
Mm-hmm. Or at least you, you, you know, you're 5% better or 10% better. And that's why in this last relationship I found myself in, when I chose myself, I had to sit there and be like, Hey, it's going to be okay. It, it failed, but you learned, you learned that it's going to be okay. And when you move forward, you're going to work on a B and C right? so that when I do meet a partner in the future, I'm not broken. There is this, this continued resiliency and, and growth in myself. So that way I can be the best version of me, my most authentic self to the person that's going to be their most authentic self in the relationship. So that would lead me to the next thing is I had to, when I learned who I am and I took accountability, I forgave myself. I apologized to myself. I I had the right people at my table. I realized this is who I am. This is my most authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can breathe. And I, I don't know how to explain that. Um, but I can breathe. I, I got a question for both women in the room. And, and the reason why I'm doing this is because I know <clears throat> you've been through your gen, your, you've been through your journey and Carmen, you've been through your journey. Uh, can we talk about worth? Yeah. And yes. what it meant to you before and after the trauma. Um, what I'm ultimately trying to get across to people listening is that our worth never changes, but we don't feel like we had a worth at a certain point. And so can we address that? So the people hearing this can take this in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I would say in my relationships, I never, yes, I never <clears throat> felt worthy. I, w- I, I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel good enough or I didn't feel like I was, um, Uh, good enough to the point where I deserved the love that they were giving Mm -hmm. or tried to give Mm -hmm. in their own way. Um, My perspective has completely changed where I've even had to learn in this healing process, how to learn to love me and and my, my body, right? The the physicality of it Um, be okay with the curves and the dimples and the <clears throat> jiggles, right? As, <laughs> as, as we have as women. And it's, it's that, that, and, and be okay and find my worth in, you know, with work, right? So even with work, I've had to, I never thought I was good enough in certain aspects, but because of this healing process and journey that I'm still going through, I have like, Hey, I am an expert in my field. And so again, that positive self-talk is something that I do on a daily basis because it's my go-to when I, even when I go into meetings, psh, I am an expert. I know what I'm talking about, right? Because though I don't have, for example, a, a book published, right? I think I'm a writer because I write. I'm going to give myself that. I don't need anyone else's validation to tell me that I'm a writer, or, or, or that I'm a speaker or that I am a good friend because as long as I'm genuine with myself, as I've learned is I am worthy and I am worthy. And again, the having my people at my table have also encouraged and validated that worth for me that I was seeking so hard, unfortunately in the wrong individuals. Yeah, <clears throat> Man, that's uh I've been quiet for quite a while. Yes, you have. So I want, 
the coach in me kicks in and it's the listening piece where I'm listening to discover. And so Carmen, you've just laid a bunch of nuggets and I don't want to just throw up all over it because there's so much I want to share. But as far as worth um, from a woman who's experienced life, certain parts of life actually. So I've always known my worth and every time I gave myself to the wrong person, to the wrong action, to the wrong experience, my worth was reduced. But I knew it was there. You know what I mean? So um, worth came back. And I'm, I want to say this. Carmen's core values that you've identified were loyalty, sense of humor, um, strength, or resilience. The beautiful thing about worth and value is that it's always with you. But when you're not walking in alignment with who you are, you're not walking to your worth like I was, they're still present, but they become so distorted and your strength becomes your weakness. So you become loyal to the wrong person. You become loyal to all the wrong things. You're strong, but your reason for being strong is not about you. It's about everyone else, right? Um and so that's what you see as patterns. So same thing, my worth was always there, but because my worth was so high, I just gave it freely and didn't think about the value in my worth. Now, when that pivotal moment comes and you realize who you are and you start to walk in it, your worth comes back and that's why people... Um, the size of your table may stay the same, but the people at your seats reduce because now you've realized it's the quality, yes. right? Yes. Um, so that's how it's changed for me. And when you were talking about journaling, I smiled because everyone who knows me knows I, I really think it's a, an amazing practice, especially for people who lose their voice. Um, because what that does is it strengthens your resiliency muscles and it builds you up to use your voice, to let it out. Carmen, I'm sure you have, and I, I've been muted in so many instances, even though I would say I'm hurt and I've cried. When I say your voice, the voice that gives you the strength, the voice that shows your worth, the voice that gives you value and that's why I think it's important that you are writing on everything. You are speaking into a phone for recording or you're having conversations because your voice comes back and it's, wow, this is, this is me. This has always been me. And it's been, you know, deep down in there hidden. And now I'm undigging and now I'm discovering and now I'm exploring who I am and I'm everything beautiful. And where that was shameful, it's no longer. And I love what you've said about forgiveness. And I love how you've apologized to yourself. I think that's such a great practice, right? Um, and I could just go on and on. One of the things I'm really admiring about you, Carmen, is I'm looking at you. And even to this day, when I share certain parts of my stories, I will cry and I'm an ugly crier. I've said this on the podcast. <laughs> I said, and I'm just looking at you and I'm thinking she is 
so well put together and a I rock. Love, yeah, a rock. And what I love is, you know, you've openly shared that you've gone into work and even though you had it all together and work was the thing that kept you together at the time. And then in the same breath, you said, but I don't like being fake. Some people will think, well, isn't that fake that you go to work acting like you're okay. That's a way to cope. And that is your strength coming out in different parts of your life. And people don't understand that. Yeah. That's a muscle all in itself. And I know what it's like to totally put yourself into work or into other things to mute the noise somewhere else because you've got to feel worthy somewhere. And so we do get lost in those things. The beautiful thing, though, is when it all comes together, what happens? You have a woman who's strong in her career as she's healed through the abuse in her life. Um, Two kids who I'm sure are so proud to call you mom And this is the biggest thing that spoke to me when you said, I choose me. You know, what really struck me about that is our kids do grow up. They do get married or whatever. They have their own lives. At the end of the day, we will always be moms, but you will be just Carmen Mm -hmm. because your kids will find their own. You know, and that and that's that was a tough ride for us when that happened with our kids. And I really urge everyone to really find your why and let it be about you, because when it starts to be dependent on other people, that's where I think where we lose us. Right. Yes. So. I I hope that answered the question. (laughs) I'm going to journal about this. And not use the podcast as my journaling space right now. No, it helped a a great deal. And uh, the reason why I ask real quick is because when I see both you, Carmen and Jen, walk around the building, walk, period, I see two very strong women that know their worth. And you wear it. It's all over you. And, And I like that. I like and men, too. Uh, but I love when women have been through something and they've bounced back and they now know their worth and they walk in that. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. And, you know, one of the things that part of my healing uh, journey has been, and I, I kept, I don't know if it was you, Jen, or you, Corey, that mentioned about being okay with being alone, mm. right? And uh, I recently, uh, not well, not too recent, I, I took a solo trip. Just, just me. Never done that nice. before. Took myself to Sedona. It was beautiful. I went. I didn't really even on my social. I, I I'm not a huge social person. Uh, I document only bits and pieces, um, but I didn't document this because of the fact that I wanted it really to be me. Mm-hmm. And as I, I just spent four days there. And there's moments I I would wouldn't leave the Airbnb. And I, I would cry it out. I journaled a lot, Jen, there. <laughs> um, went on solo hikes. I did a, a med- meditation. Uh, the I, I had a life coach join me. The life coach, the one thing, um, we were hiking this beautiful trail in Sedona. And he turned to me and he's like, what do you want? It reminded me almost of the notebook, right? Remember that scene where Ryan Gosling turns around? It's like, what do you want? Right. <laughs> he he looked at me and he said, what, what are you looking for? What do you want? And I just... I was, I actually was like, oh, and I, I was quiet. And then the words out of not even trying, 
I, the words and my tears just started falling down my face. And I looked at him and I said, just, I want peace. I want peace. And he said, okay. And, and we continued on our, our hike and meditated for 30 minutes and took myself to dinner. I bought myself my beautiful salad and ribs that I enjoyed that evening <laughs> with my double shot of whiskey because I'm a whiskey drinker. But, <laughs> you know, I, I enjoyed my time and I had never done that before. Mm. Taking myself Basically, I'm dating myself. And and I yes. know this is not a new concept. You know, that's something that has been talked about. But it was, for me, it was such a new concept because it's not something I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Being alone in seven, six, seven hours away from home in this, in this new place and just sitting at the bar uh, at the table enjoying my meal. And then I fell in love with myself even more after that trip. And that's, uh, so when you see, you see me walking down the halls and that confident stance is I have finally gotten to the place where I can breathe. I'm at peace. Are things perfect? No, absolutely not. But yes, I am going to strut in my three inch hills at the office (laughs) because that's, that's, that's who I am. That's who you are. That's who I am. So for those who don't know, Carmen, you're listening. I, you know, I, I like to give a visual. Um, Carmen, you're a beautiful person. And and in the beginning of episode one, I said you're beautiful inside and out. And so you'll see Carmen and usually, and I'm just going to stereotype. Okay. It's not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just going to say um, what most people think. When you see a woman who's very well put together, the typical thing is they they're probably not very nice or definitely not really a sense of humor right um and so you are a wonderful surprise you are everything and i know that now as we work together and i know the journey that you're on i'm so going to plug in and I'm going to be very aware of what is happening in your life. And man, if you just started to discover yourself being alone and that was your experience after four days, my God, when do you turn 40, by the way? June. June, June. what? June 9th. June 9th. It's coming I up. I might see a Gemini. It is. I am a Gemini. <laughs> That's I got, and I have to tell you this. I, I have a, I'm showing Jen and Corey right now. I have a, a tattoo on my right wrist that says Gem, and I have to share it quickly. quickly. Uh, I got this when I was in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I went for a conference, and I was out there for a week for a conference for work. Philadelphia, the city of love. Yes. Ah. Yes. And let me tell you, right before my partner was supposed to join me on that trip, and he it, it chose not to go. Um, and it was one of our difficult moments mm-hmm. between him and I. And it was the first time flying without him, doing that alone. And and I didn't leave the hotel for two days other than just going straight to the conference and then coming back to the room Mm -hmm. by day three. I said, okay, okay. Took my deep breath. 
talked myself up in the hotel room. And then I explored the city and I fell in love. And going back to what you stated, Jen, you know, in regards to like, I always knew my worth. Mm-hmm. I just, it almost was, it was hidden from me. Yeah. It, it was dissolved, right? During this time. And, and uh, so again, I got myself out there and I found myself walking through by a tattoo parlor and I said, oh, because uh, my partner uh, would always call me Gemini. He would never call me by my name. He would always call me Gemini. I walked into the tattoo parlor, very confident, knowing exactly what I wanted. I said, look, I want two things. I want this and I want this. And he said, okay. He's all, which one do you want to do first? I said, do the gem. He's all, he's all, you want to do Gemini? I said, no. I said, right, gem. Because that was another pivotal moment for me because it was almost my, for me, my validation reminder, I am a gem. Mm. I am that gem that is... <clears throat> Uh, hard to find. And that r- this reminds me of my worth on a daily basis. So when I have my moments, as as we all do on a daily basis, I sometimes I look and I'm like, what are you doing? You're a gem. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm not a diamond. I've chosen not to specifically do the diamond, right? Right. You know, as they say, women love diamonds. And, but again, being my authentic self, not a diamond girl. I don't wear jewelry. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Jewelry is still amazing. But I'm a gem because I'm I'm not perfect, and I I come in different shades and and different colors and anyway I had to share that story really quick. I love it. I do too, and I and I think she said something else that mm-hmm. I'm very interested in, um, and this is for every woman out there listening. You know, you can tell yourself that you're worth more than that. You can tell yourself that he can't afford you emotionally, physically. Hello. Um, financially, your price is just too high. Yeah. And sometimes if a man has to ask how much, he doesn't have enough anyway. That's right. (laughs) Can I share one thing? Sure. Because as you're finding your voice, this is my experience. A lot of my voice was found during the relationship with Corey. I want to say that even though we were, I was in my late 20s, Corey, 30, we grew mature together. We discovered a lot of our healing together. Unbeknownst to us, we would be the vessel that would bring that to one another, right? Um, And as I'm finding my voice, because again, it's not anything you're used to. So very complacent. Yes. Very okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to offend you. That was my fault. And as I'm finding my voice, I'm starting to feel confused because this is now new new territory. And I remember with Corey, I would say, you don't ever say sorry to me. You always want me to say sorry. And da, 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 da. And Corey's looking at me like, I never asked you to apologize. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why do I keep expecting the solution to be the sorry? Right. Um, And so sometimes it comes out funky. Sometimes when you write, it's like, what was I saying here? Or I don't like the way that sounded. And I, as I was finding my voice, it became extreme where I would say, no, I'm not doing that. It was a quick shutdown. No, because I was like, wait a minute. I've never used no in my sentence. And so it was like a kid who's learning how to walk, right? (laughs) You're wobbly. You're like, wait a minute. I'm using no, but this is coming off wrong. So as you're finding your voice, know that it's new and it's going to sound off and you're going to find, um, what's the word you're going to calibrate eventually. 
And now I can say, still with the softness of who I am and with the love I feel for Corey, I hear what you're saying and I don't feel right about it or, you know, my boundary is this. Let's talk about it. And so I just want to say that it gets really awkward when you're finding your voice for a little bit there. Yeah. And I want to, I want Carmen to jump in there, but I, I got to address that because you're absolutely right. Um, when she found her, no, when she found her way <laughs> to, like, no, to communicate, no, I, no. Heard it. <laughs> I knew right away, this, this is new for her. So yeah. I had to adjust to when, when a child hears their voice for the very <laughs> first time, it may be very loud. It may be very harsh. And that's some of the things that I experienced. But again, I knew the price. I knew how much love I had to pay. I knew how much patience I had to pay. I knew how much understanding I had to pay. So it, it didn't bother me at all. I, I, I had a bank account full of all that stuff. So I was ready to pay it. Right? And to this day, Corey, Corey's always told me, oh, I can't wait till you see yourself the way I see you. Right. He's like, you have no idea where you're going in the people or the things he'd compare me to. I was like, okay, what do you want? (laughs) You know? Um, And then as you come into that, you're like, whoa, this is what he was talking about. It's that flow. Carmen, give us some, some words of Carmen before we go. I just want to hear whatever it is you want to throw out into the universe. Yeah, no, I, you know, even um, even before arriving here, you know, I I I become of a, a person. You know, my faith is is important to me, mm-hmm. and I've always been a person of faith. But in these last two years, the man upstairs has been my my go to person. Now that I speak to when I'm solo, right? Um, but you know, one of the things you know, the things that I can share with everyone is just. You know, as I stated before, your journey is your journey. You choose. You get to decide, not anybody else. And it is going to be hard. It is going to be difficult. And it's not easy. But again, you have to look at who's sitting at your table. And having moments whether it be on the couch you're crying in the closet, wherever you find your, your, your solitude to be able to release your emotions. It's okay to do that. I, I had to learn that the hard way. It's, it's okay to, to share your emotions and be vulnerable. And especially to the parents out there, showing your children the, how your vulnerability actually helps them in so many ways than you would believe. Yep. My children now can share their emotions and and speak to me about anything. And I like to attest that to what they've been able to see with me. But it's taken me a while. My oldest, I've had to sit down with her and be like, it's okay to cry. Tell me what's going on. So, if you're a parent out there and you feel like you have to be the strong one and hide your feelings, don't. Right. It's okay to be honest and truthful with your children. 
But ultimately, you know, at the end of the day is go date yourself, go have fun and and truly just enjoy your journey. Um, But again, you're going to, those mountains and those obstacles, it teaches you and it, it guides you. And here I am almost 40 in a couple of months and I'm, and it's okay to be this age and just getting it. So no matter what age you are, you're always learning or at least be open to it because it doesn't matter. If you're not learning, let me tell you, you're learning it. You should be learning every day something. So just age is, age is just a number. So there you go. Carmen triggers me in the, and let me use that (laughs) word. Let me change it. I hope in a Carmen, you activate me. If I hope that, yeah, that's a better word. There's so much I want to say off what you're saying. um, And what you're saying is powerful in itself. But I'm making mental note for future episodes, and I hope you'll join us. Yes, of um, course. And I have to make those. a confession. I've, I've been a taker from this table, and <laughs> i got to figure out a way to give because she said a uh, beautiful title to a song, I Choose Me, and, and I can't let it go. So I'm, I'm definitely going to write that. I love that. I love that. <gasps> You're going to get a song. I need a song. <laughs> I love it. And I'm sure some of those lyrics will come straight from her. her yeah, writings. absolutely. Yeah. In this podcast. Yeah. I love oh, it. I, love, I it. love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you ahead of time. <laughs> thank you. Aw. Well, well, I will say before we, we end, you know, having uh, you both has just been sitting here and, and allowing me for my vulnerability is so vital. And again, going back to those who are at your table, you should have the individuals at your table that you can be your authentic, most truest, vulnerable self with. So I thank you for allowing Mm -hmm. me the space and the time. Um, And like you, Jen, I can talk and talk and talk. I'm a talker. I learned that. Uh, uh, But um, I just thank you. And then Corey, you know, the male perspective in in these conversations is so crucial Mm -hmm. because it's often missed, right? Because us women, we can... We can go on and on and on about the woman's perspective, but having the male perspective is so, so so key to just even learning from you. So even though you you took at this podcast session, I took too <laughs> okay. on the male perspective. So <laughs> it's it's good. Nice. Good to know that. <laughs> right. Uh, Carmen, you are making our resolution for 2023 really take off on Take the Elevator. And so I know people are going to be like, when's Carmen coming back? Oh, yeah. um, be prepared. And I'm like, oh, I've got Carmen's phone number, yeah, her does. email address, <laughs> LinkedIn. I work with her. We know where she sits. It's on. <laughs> it's on. Anything that we can do to support you, please know that we're all about it. Um, I I love who you are. I love your spirit. I love your heart. I love where life's going to take you. 40 is just the beginning. And don't get me started. I love that you're a woman of faith. 40 is huge in the Bible. Oh, we're going to have to talk about oh, that. Oh, we will. We, we will. And when that book comes out, I want to be the first to know. You got it. Yes. You got it. I'll announce it here. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Well, you know us to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. We do that so well. Ha, 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 ha.